Predict, pick, and prevail in your fantasy football league with the help of our starting lineup. At host to quarterback the show, we have Nick Giacobbe. Up next, a dual threat in Dynasty and Daily Fantasy, we have Cody Repass. And finally, working the waiver wire, we have Nick Cap. These are your playmakers that will provide you with sleepers, breakouts, and busts to help you achieve fantasy glory. This is the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 18 of the Primetime Fantasy Podcast, where we give you our predictions, our picks, in the hopes that we help you prevail in week eight and the rest of the 2021 fantasy football season. I am your host, Nick Giacobbe, and joining me is Nick Cap. Nick, how are we feeling going into week eight? You know, a couple of leagues, by now you should know if you're, you're guaranteed a playoff spot, you're definitely missing, or you're right at that precipice. Um, got a couple leagues where I got both and I got, you know, majority right in the middle. So, not, you know, I'm this just is a good I'm middle of the pack. I'm just right. I'm, mid- I'm middle of the pack. So we'll see what happens. All <laughs> right. We have a fun show planned for you guys. We got a loaded news segment with a lot of injury news that we need to discuss. We have a lock flop, a revised segment of lock flop that we're going to get into. And we're going to end it with a rapid fire um, start sit segment. So before we do that, if this is your first time listening, thank you so much. Me and Nick do this show every Tuesday, every Friday and every Sunday for the Tuesday and Friday shows. It is audio or video or audio and video, I should say, for the audio audio versions you could find them on any podcasting platform spotify apple Podcasts, anchor google Podcasts, anywhere that has your podcasts if you are an apple please give us a five-star rating and a review it does go a long way if you want to watch the video content of the show it is on youtube um, our youtube channel is primetime fantasy podcast for the sunday shows they are live 11 a.m eastern time i think we're going to move that back uh to 11 30 we'll make an announcement on twitter um but roughly 11 a.m eastern time we give you injury news we give you our start sits we talk about our lineups a little bit and the best part is we're there to answer your questions questions we want to answer your start sits we want to help set your lineups we may have some guests on the show if you have a whole lineup that you want us to set send it to us on twitter we'll even blow it up on the show so 11 a.m eastern time our twitter our facebook and our youtube pages for social media media you could find us on twitter instagram and tiktok at primetime ff pod youtube primetime fantasy podcast and facebook primetime fantasy podcast Alrighty, segment one, we're going to do the injury updates of the week of injured players that uh, that got hurt in week seven that may not play in week eight. So start things off, Antonio Brown missed uh, last week's game uh, with an ankle injury. Bucks coach Bruce Arian said today, and just to be clear, we are recording on Wednesday, October 27th. So all this injury news is the, the latest we could get as of Wednesday night. The show releases Friday morning, so there will be more injury news on Thursday, but obviously um, we're doing the best we can with the recording time so as for Wednesday Bucks coach Bruce Arian said that Antonio Brown is dealing with an ankle sprain um Arian said quote-unquote but it's around the heel and indicated there's no way of knowing how long he'll be out um a reporter did say that he was spotted on crutches at practice that's not good news Nick you're an Antonio Brown owner you just traded for Antonio Brown how worried are you as an Antonio Brown owner knowing that not only is it an ankle injury that sidelined him last week and it looks like this week but he's on crutches yeah, the crutches part is the scary part. Um, 
usually when you see an injury, um, you know, where the guy misses a week and you think he's going to be back the next, it's usually the walking boot. We saw that with Kenyon Drake last year. Uh, and I think we heard about it with, um, uh, what's his name, Antonio Gibson at the start of the year. Um, it's very rare you'll see the crutches in someone return to play. Um, so you got to be concerned he's going to be out at least another week, I would guess. Um, but there's no, I don't think, I don't think they, did they fully announce whether he was out this week or not? I don't, I don't no, think so. they haven't. I'm just kind of assuming that he's out at this point. Yeah. I mean, you, you gotta be worried knowing that he's on crutches. That's, that's the big giveaway. Usually the boot means a couple, you know, a week or two, or even you could play through it. It's just a safety precaution. But when you have a crutch, that usually means you can't put weight on it. And that's a big yeah. And here's the other thing. They have a bye right after this New Orleans game, so they're going to hold them out for sure. I would put my, This is Wednesday. I would put money on it that they hold Antonio Brown out this week. That offense is too talented Probably. to even risk it. Gronk is coming back that we're about to talk about. I think their hope would be that, um, in, you know, so it'd be what? Uh, he, technically, he didn't play last week, so he would have, what, three weeks to kind of get this injury right. So um, The equivalent of the, the IR, hope. yeah. Um, and the next game that he would be able to play then if he, you know, after the bye would be again at the, the Washington football team. And that's another team that they should technically beat, so that he, might, that he might even sit that game. But um, for now, I don't think Antonio Brown is playing. Yeah. I think that um, raises Godwin's value, raises Mike Evans' value, who always seems to Evans, of course. Kind, of, kind of torch the Saints a bit. And uh, Rob Gronkowski raises his value too. So all the pass catchers on the Bucks get an upgrade with Antonio Brown out. He's basically been a top five fantasy wide receiver when he's been on the field. I mean, his numbers are great. 23. He put up a stinker against Atlanta at two, 13, 31, and 24. So Antonio Brown's been great this year from a fantasy perspective when he's on the field. Um, so uh, let's talk about Rob Gronkowski. He's been out four games with fractured ribs. He tried to play through them, which is crazy. Um, and he's playing this week against the New Orleans Saints. So, Nick, is Rob Gronkowski somebody that should be locked into your lineups? I mean, those first few weeks, he was like the tight end one on the season. He had back-to-back 20-point weeks from week one and two. I'll talk about him a little bit more in lock flop, but Rob Gronkowski definitely has a couple question marks about him. Um, and with how deep the tight end position has been this year, I would not be in a rush to play him this week. Yeah, I mean, the tight end position is really thin. I think it kind of just depends on what tight end you have. But if you're somebody that maybe has Darren Waller or Kittle or somebody that's not playing, you kind of just have to bite the bullet and play Gronk. Um, well, here's week. actually a fun set about the tight ends this year compared to last. Last year, there were only two tight ends that averaged over 12 points per game. This year, right now, I think there's eight. So the position is definitely getting a little bit, you know, thicker and where you thought you had to grab one of those top three before the year. Well, Waller and Kittle are not in the conversation of a top five tight end on the fantasy season. So yeah, um, guess which I, dumbass drafted George Kittle over Jamar Chase in dynasty. <laughs> not the fantasy. So players. yeah, I mean, look, there's concerns yeah. everywhere, but it looks like the tight end position isn't as hard to fill as we thought it would be going into yeah. the year. Jarvis Landry has a knee issue. It's another knee issue. It's not the one that's uh, his MCL. So this is unrelated. He did not practice on Wednesday. That's not good news for the Browns. I don't know what kind of water they're drinking over there in Cleveland, but whatever it is, it's not working because it's injury after injury with those guys. They're just contracting whatever the injury bug is over there. So um, if he does practice Thursday, Friday, Nick, let's assume Baker is going to play. Baker did practice today. Sounds like he's on a week-to-week basis, depending on how bad or good his shoulder feels. But I think Baker's going to play. So if, if Jarvis Landry does play, um, are you starting him this week? I would definitely. If you're a viewer, I highly recommend coming to the Sunday show because there are so many question marks with the health of that Browns team where we don't know the answers. We don't know if Baker's playing. We, I mean, we assume Odell's playing, but I think he was a little nicked up in practice too. 
Um, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, obviously both have been dinged up. Dearness Johnson's the running back there. They had the willingness to start Case Keenum last week. So um, I'd, I'd hold off for now. I mean, I wouldn't feel comfortable playing him knowing how dinged up the entire team is. Um, but the offensive line is still the number one in the league. So, uh, you know, they have time to throw the ball, and whether Baker or Case Keenum delivers is a, a question mark. So uh, I, I'd really wait to see till Sunday um, the injury report. But as of right now, I would not play him. Yeah, I wouldn't play him either. Um, the wide receiver position is too its too thick. There's too many receivers out there that you could play. There's probably somebody in your waiver wire that you recently picked up that's going to have a better stat line um, than Jarvis Landry. And I feel like the Browns at this point, they don't want to have Baker do too much. They don't want to have any of these injured guys do too much. Um, Dearness Johnson can carry the load, and if Nick Chubb's back, they should just run the ball, play defense. Yeah. Miles Sanders did not practice with the ankle injury that took him out of the game on Sunday. Um, Kenneth Gainwell seems like he could be the running back one this week. Um, are you playing Kenneth Gainwell, Nick, if he is uh, if he is the running back one and Miles Sanders is out? You have to. They're playing against Detroit. Detroit has not won a game this year. I know the Eagles only won two. This could this could this could be the game because the Eagles. Oof, oof. Oh, the Eagles stink. I have a bet that uh, on the Eagles losing uh, more than five and a half games this year. Uh, so. I'm hoping they hit how the much money. How much money did you put on that? Uh, it's not a money bet. It's more of a action bet. A pride. Okay. Well, well, you're gonna win that bet. I'm sure of it. They're gonna lose I'm, more. Than I'm that. pretty confident in they it. They may only win six games, five games. I mean, I don't know who's on their schedule, but well, the but, thing is, they still they still have a lot of their division games, and they play Detroit this week, which will put them at three. Nope, so Detroit's it, winning this week. Detroit is winning this I, week. I, I would love for Detroit the Lions, to win, The Lions but, are going to win this week. I'm calling the shot. The Lions are winning the football game this week. I hope they do. I like the team. I like the fight. But just in case the Eagles do take over early, which is possible because that's what most teams have done against Detroit, uh, they're running out the clock. They're doing what they can to win a game. Uh, that's what the Eagles have been trying to do all year. They're not a team trying to you know, lose games. The Texans look like they're trying to tank. They're trading away their pieces. Um, the Eagles are otherwise. They're trying to win. So is Detroit. Detroit's got a lot of fight. Um, but if the Eagles try and go up and win this game, they can easily do it, and they're going to run the clock out. So Kenneth Gainwell is a good option. Yeah. Um, if the position wasn't so thin and we didn't have guys like Carson's on IR, um, who's on by this week? I forget who's on by, honestly. It's I'll only the, the Raiders. It's the Raiders and the Ravens. So not really yeah. many running backs there, but um, McCaffrey's injured and um, there's a couple other guys that are injured out there, so you may have to play him. And he, even if you drafted Miles Sanders in the third round, you look going to have to play him. And Montgomery's another one. So uh, Terry McLaurin did not practice due to a hamstring injury. It was an ankle injury last week, and he played through it. He's been, he's been playing through ankle injuries. But I read a report earlier that kind of said it might be the hamstring that's been sidelining him. So I'm not exactly sure. This is something that you know, we have to monitor throughout the week. He's a warrior. I don't see him missing games. He reminds me of like DeAndre Hopkins, who – by the time this episode airs, he may have missed his first game in a long time Thursday night. I know Kingsbury said he may not play, but anyway, um, Terry's a warrior, so I, I'll see him playing like until it gets really bad, but we've seen what hamstring injuries kind of do. A.J. Brown was out for two weeks. I think Julio was out for a week. So, um, you, you know, Nick, Terry's hamstring, is this something that really concerns you if you're a Terry owner? Or are you just kind of like if he practices on by Friday, good to go? They're, let, they're letting Antonio Gibson play with a fractured shin. I have no concerns about them benching him because of a hamstring injury. Um, I have I have no doubt in my mind Terry McLaurin is a top receiver in this league. 
and you don't bench your top receiver in this league, no matter no, what the issue is. No, he'll be fine. Um, as long as he's not, as long as he has the arm and it's working, he'll be fine. Yeah. Even with one arm, he might be fine. <laughs> uh, Jerry Judy, good practice according to Vic Fangio. Um, he's been out for what five weeks now, six weeks with a hot. Uh, I think it was we were in week eight, so six weeks um, with a high ankle sprain. So it looks like uh, Jerry Judy's going to make his debut this week. It looked like he was going to have a very productive season. Um, is Jerry Judy a guy that you're starting in a flex spot this week, Nick, or do you want to see kind of how he looks on the field first? Uh, let me just check. Yeah, so they're playing Washington. I mean, it, it's it's a toss-up. You know, the, some of those receivers deliver, but the Broncos have not looked good since that three-week stretch against bad teams. Washington's another bad team, though. Can they deliver? Big question mark, and when you have too many question marks at your flex position, you play the guy with the least question marks. And between injury, uncertainty at quarterback, offensive line injuries, um, who's the top receiver there, who are they spreading the ball to, with all those question marks, I don't like to touch it. So I'm going to put Jerry Judy on the sidelines for one more week. We'll see how they look, and you know, you go from there. I'm with you. I believe everybody's receiving cores are just too valuable and too, you know, a lot of people have really great receiving cores. So I think if you survive without Jerry Judy, you could survive without uh, one more week without him. All right. We're now going to do lock or flop. And this is how we're doing lock or flop going forward. We're each going to pick one, one player from each position that we think is a lock and one that we think is a flop on the week. So I'm going to start things off as always with, um, with the quarterbacks. So we're going to do our lock quarterbacks. Nick, you have Carson Wentz going up against the Titans. Titans coming to Indianapolis. And I have the opposing quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, going to Indianapolis with the Titans. So, Nick, is Carson Wentz a lock or a flop against – or why is Carson Wentz – I'm too – I'm so zoned in on the way that we usually do this segment. Um, Nick, why is Carson Wentz a lock for you this week? Carson Wentz has been phenomenal this year. He, lo he looks really good. I know the record doesn't show it so much, but Carson Wentz over the last four weeks has zero – well, actually, over the entire season only has one interception, and over the last four games has two touchdowns per each game. He's been delivering consistently over 200 passing yards per game. He's averaging around 20 fantasy points, and he's only had one disappointing week. Um, you know, going up against Tannehill and that Titans team, I think a lot of people are going to be scared off of how Kansas City performed. But Tennessee just came off a very emotional win. Carson Wentz has been preparing for this game. That Colts team always prepares for this Titans matchup, and they always put up a fight. Um, I have no concern whatsoever about the Colts like other people are going to because of the performance with Kansas City. And Carson Wentz is delivered. And if you're looking for a quarterback that you have to stream, Carson Wentz has Tennessee this week, the Jets next week, and Jacksonville in two weeks. That's a great three-game stretch where you're going to get a quarterback who has one interception on the year that's it's going to be very tough to find a waiver wire pickup like that to stream and Carson Wentz should be able to finish as a top 12 top 10 quarterback in this matchup yeah um I think it's I think it's a good matchup for both quarterbacks uh the Colts defense has not been great against quarterbacks we've seen uh Ryan Tan uh Lamar Jackson piece them up Russell Wilson week one um the Colts haven't played well against quarterbacks and Ryan Tannehill starting to hit his stride um last week he demolished the Chiefs 270 yards only had one touchdown but 19 fantasy points he had 298 against the Jets he had 216 against Buffalo 347 against Seattle so he's at us he's not had the year that many people including myself thought he would but I think the key factor in that is AJ Brown's health AJ Brown's hamstring is finally back to 100% or as close to it I believe he had close to 30 fantasy points last week against me. So that was unfortunate. But with his favorite receiving target back, um, Julio Jones, when he's on the field, is still Julio Jones. Um, 
I think Tannehill's going to have a good week this week. So I think Tannehill does crack the top 10, probably at number 10, but that's why he's a lock for me um, this week against the Colts. What about the flops, Nick? We have two quarterbacks who are in the top 10. Uh, I said Joe Burrow's a play every single week, and I also said that Josh Allen is going to be the number one fantasy quarterback this year and probably win the MVP. You have him as your flop, and I have uh, Joe Burrow as my flop. So, Nick, why is Josh Allen a flop for you this week? Josh Allen, this ever since his first two games of the year, has been nothing short of phenomenal. And it's not so much that I doubt the Bills. It's actually I'm super confident that they're going to do what they did in week two to Miami, uh, which was smoke them right off the right off the floor. Uh, Miami just came off a loss to Atlanta. The week prior came off a loss to, uh, to Jacksonville in London. Um, Miami's a horrendous team. Uh, they let up a lot of points, and Josh Allen has the opportunity to because they shut him out 35 nothing. but in that 35 to nothing shutout, Josh Allen had 16 fantasy points and finished outside the top 20 as a quarterback. Um, I, Josh Allen, phenomenal talent, been great this year. Not a doubt in my mind that they win this game, but I think that by halftime, the Chiefs are not the Chiefs. The Dolphins are waving that white flag, and Buffalo just rolls to town, runs Devin Singletary and Zach Moss into the ground. And Josh Allen, you know, his see his production from a win, but you're not going to see the stats that you need for a fantasy top ten finish. For me, uh, Joe Burrow's been phenomenal. I love watching him play. I love the Bengals. I love the Bengals offense. He had 40 points last week. He's been phenomenal, and he's going up against the Jets. But guess what? The Jets have actually been pretty good fantasy-wise um, against quarterbacks. Um, they, they haven't given up um, as, as many points as people think that they have uh, to quarterbacks. So, and, and then on top of that, um, I feel like the game's going to get out of hand. I feel like the Bengals are going to go up a lot of points, and then it's going to be the Joe Mixon show. It's not going to be a shootout. So how many points does Joe Burrow realistically get? Do I think he finishes as a top-10 quarterback? Yeah, I do. But people are going to play Joe Burrow thinking they're getting another 40-point performance. I don't think you're getting another 40-point performance. I think you'll get 20 to 25, which is a great week. But the reason I say he's a flop is because everybody's going to have him as their number one quarterback this week. He's going to have the highest ceiling or whatever i don't think he finishes in the top three this week in quarterbacks could it be top five top seven sure but i think he's a flop for the way that people are kind of talking about him um this week against the jets i think the i think the jets upset them i'm just kidding that's never gonna happen no um <laughs> Go into the running backs, our lock running backs. I did another matchup. I don't know. This is really funny how we both did this. Me and Nick didn't – we didn't plan it this way. It just kind of happened. James Robinson going up against the Seahawks in Seattle. The terrible – I don't even – nope, not getting into it. Uh, Alex Collins <laughs> going up against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. So, Nick, why do you think that Alex Collins is a lock for you? You know, as bad as the Seahawks have been, they're not, they're not Jaguars bad. They're, they're Saints bad, which Saints are still a wild card team. That's what I see the Seattle Seahawks as, and I think they blow – not blow out, but I think th I think you could tell while watching this game that Seattle is clearly steps and levels above the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Nope. Uh, and I think Pete Carroll, no matter what, nope. is going to run that ball. Uh, over the last four weeks, Alex Collins has had double-digit touches, each of them, the last three, 15-plus in each of those matchups. All he needs to do is find the end zone. He finishes as a top 18 running back. That's good enough for an RB, too. I think Alex Collins, you could safely lock in against this horrendous Jaguars team. Yeah, but he's not going to find the end zone when they're just going to get stopped at the 50-yard line and Pete's going <laughs> to punt on, like, fourth and in inches. This tiny <laughs> bit, this tiny bit, and Pete goes, nope, we're punting the football. Um, yeah, I, I'm an Alex Collins owner, and I don't know if I want to play him because that offense is 
Ooh, it's the worst in the league. I'll say it. It's the worst in the league with Geno Smith at the helm. <laughs> um, anyway, I don't know. Seattle, Seattle has been absolutely horrendous against the run. They have given up a lot of fantasy points um, to the running backs. And James Robinson has been phenomenal this year. He's the last four or five weeks, he's really stepped up in the way that I think people expected him to step up when his draft stock kind of rose um, a- after Travis Etienne. Um, uh, you know, went out with his injury. So I think James Robinson against the Seahawks defense, that's like Swiss cheese. I think Kamara had like 25, 30 points. Uh, Derrick Henry had 50 points against them. Uh, Najee Harris had a great day against him. I think he had 25 points. James Robinson's going to be a top three running back this week. If you have James Robinson, you're in good shape. If you're versing James Robinson as a Seahawks fan, I, I pray for you as I pray for my Seahawks. All right. Um, where are the running backs? There's a running back graphic. Um, we have the flop running backs, Leonard Fournette, uh, playoff Lenny, Buccaneers at the Saints, and Miles Gaskin, Dolphins at the Bills. Nick, you have another uh, player in this game, so why do you think that Miles Gaskin is a uh, is a flop this week? I don't think Miles Gaskin the one of the most interesting fantasy roller coasters season. I actually here week one double digits, week one week two single, three double, four five uh, five double. Six single, week seven double, week eight single digits. Uh, he's literally gone good week, bad week, good week, bad week um, up until now, and I don't expect him to do the, anything else. And on top of that, in week two, play this Bills defense uh, again, eight points, only got five rushing attempts, only got five targets. It's not going to deliver with that production. They're going to get down early, and two is just going to have to pass them back into this game. And Gaskin doesn't have much of a role in this receiving offense. The New Orleans Saints are giving up 14 fantasy points a week to running backs. That's the average. And you could say, okay, it sounds like a good number, but that's the 32nd in the league. They are giving up the least amount of points to fantasy running backs. Um, that's not great for Leonard Fournette. The only way that he's getting double, uh, you know, 15, the only way he's hitting that 14 number is if he gets in the end zone at least once, probably twice. Because I think that the, the, the front seven of New Orleans is, is phenomenal. I think Alex Collins had less than like five, seven points or something like that, even though he rushed the ball like it felt like 50 times. So um, I don't see Fournette getting a ton of work. I think this is a game that Brady's going to have to throw a ton. So if you have Tom Brady, you're probably going to see a pretty nice number on your fantasy stat sheet. But if you Leonard Fournette... Probably have to play him, but I, he's been a top 10 running back the last few weeks. I don't think he finishes in the top 10 this week, and that's why um, that's why he's a flop for me. On to the wide receivers, our locks of the week. I have Michael Pittman, um, Colts against the Titans, and Nick has the Giants wide receivers against the Chiefs. Um, Nick, first off, i got to ask which Giants, assuming they're healthy, which Giants wide receiver would you say scores the most, and why are they your lock for the week? So if I had to order them, it's Kadarius Tony 1, it's uh, Kenny Galladay 2, then Sterling Shepard. Darius Slayton and then Dante Pettis, but whoever has played at the wide one or the wide receiver two consistent production and have stop anybody. And I don't see them being able to stop the giants talented at wide receiver. They got a bunch of players that can play. They got playmakers out there. They got some good, some good players. They make up for Daniel Jones, not being the best quarterback, um, you know, in his division, in his league, in the league whatsoever. Um, and each of them has consistently delivered. Even Dante Pettis last week went five for five with 40 yards and a touchdown, finished it with 15 points. 
Um, that's the type of points that you're going to get with your Giants wide receivers week in, week out. Kadarius Tony, even the week he got injured in the first drive, three for 30. Um, the week before that, it had 190 receiving yards. You know, all these guys find production one way or another. And Kansas City cannot stop teams from producing numbers. So it's a good matchup. It's a Monday night football game. Could probably save your week with one of these late game touchdowns. For me, when it comes to Michael Pittman, he's been really, really good this year. I know he's been one of your guys um, heading into the season. He's been he's been really good. He's been a solid flex play that you could play um, every single week. And on top of that, um, the Tennessee Titans have given up the uh, the fifth most fantasy points to uh, wide receivers. So that really bodes well for Pittman. He's currently ranked number 20 in ESPN. Um, he's at over 20, 20 fantasy points three times, um, over 10, five times. So I think he's a guy you could trust. I think he's a guy that Carson Wentz can trust. Like you spoke about Wentz earlier, this is his favorite target. So I think Pittman gets a lot of work in this one. I think Wentz throws a lot in this one, and we could see a bit of an offensive game um, in this AFC South matchup. For the bus wide receivers, I have Brandon Cooks, uh, Rams going to the uh, Texans, and Corey Davis, the Bengals going to the Jets. Um, that Nick has Corey Davis. Uh, or do I have Corey Davis? Who did I put? I have Corey Davis. You have, that's what I thought. I thought I put Brandon Cooks. It's a bit of a brain fart right there. Uh, Nick, you're a Jets guy. Why is Corey Davis a flop for you? Corey Davis is, you know, he's only found good fantasy production in a week where he found the end zone. And with this bozo at quarterback behind Zach Wilson, there is no way they find it. Don't take last week's touchdown where the play Zach Wilson got hurt was a pass interference at the one-yard line, which led to Corey Davis catching a one-yard pass. Um, the Jets cannot get the ball down the field. Um, they are going to struggle heavily in this game. Michael Carter is going to be the only way they find yardage and get close to the end zone or forcing a turnover on Joe Burrow. And Corey Davis needs the end zone to have a good fantasy week. And it is not going to happen against these Bengals. Yeah, for me, Brandon Cooks against the Rams, there's two words, Jalen Ramsey. That's all I got to say. I'm going to, this segment is just Jalen Ramsey every week. If you're facing Jalen Ramsey, you're on the segment for me. That's the, unless you're DeAndre Hopkins, unless you're Devontae Adams, you're probably going on this segment because I think you're going to flop. And Brandon Cooks has been inconsistent. He started the season very strongly. He's been a, been a bit inconsistent. I know there's a rumor that Tyrod Taylor could play this week, but. Still, I don't care who's at quarterback for the Texans unless his name is Deshaun Watson. I'm keeping Brandon Cooks on the bench against Jalen Ramsey. And finally, the tight ends. I have Tyler Higbee going up against the Texans, and Nick has Hunter Henry going up against uh, the Chargers. So, Nick, why is Hunter Henry um, a lock for you this week? The Chargers have allowed a ton of points to the tight end position, and in the last four weeks, uh, Hunter Henry has a touchdown in every single one of those games. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind that the Patriots are a better team than their record shows, um, not just because of their 50-point slaughtering against the Jets team, um, because they are an incredibly well-coached team. Uh, they got a lot of talent, and they paid Hunter Henry a ton of money. The debate was whether it be Jonu or Henry that gets uh, the production at the tight end. Well, they paid Henry more, and they're using him a lot more, so that's just going to lead to higher production. You know, He's got to find the end zone to have a good week, but the last four weeks, double-digit points in each of them. And in the last four weeks, he's found the end zone. Not a doubt in my mind against this Chargers team that can't stop the tight end, that they're just going to target Hunter Henry most of the game. Yeah, Hunter Henry's been pretty good these last um, these last few weeks. Um, 
I'm taking Tyler Higby because uh, the Texans have been bad. Just to, uh, I mean, they've been terrible against every position, um, but the tight ends they definitely uh, haven't been great against. And I know Tyler Higby has uh, been a little inconsistent, but I think he finds the end zone this week. I think he gets like six targets from Stafford. So I think he's going to catch a couple of them. I think he's good for like 40 yards, four receptions, a, t- a touchdown. I think you're looking at like 11, 12 fantasy points, and Tyler Higby is going to be a top 10 tight end for you uh, for this week. I hope so. And finally, uh, I have Mike Kosicki, Dolphins at the Bills, and Nick has Rob Gronkowski, Bucks at the Saints as our flops. Uh, you wanted to speak about Gronk, Nick, so why is Gronk a flop for you this week? So Gronk is coming off a rib injury. Last, last year we saw Drew Brees come off a rib injury, and these older guys, they don't hang well when they deal with these rib injuries, and I don't think Gronk's going to be able to run up and down the field like he has been. Uh, his production the first two weeks – came from multiple touchdowns, but it wasn't only that that made him the tight end one on the week. It was because he was getting yardage with it too. He had eight targets week one and caught eight balls. Week two had four targets, caught four balls. He was getting the yards to go along with it that gave him that production. I I would just temper your expectations on Gronk in his first week coming back from a a ton of fractured ribs. Not one or two, a bunch. It's a severe injury. You're expecting the guy to run up and down the field to be a red zone target. Well, Mike Evans has been consistent in the red zone, both A, B, F. Why not just keep going to him? It sounds like the better option versus going into the bye, risking even further damage to your older tight ends ribs. Uh, I think they find they limit Rob and his production. He could have another touchdown ball, but even with the touchdown ball, I don't see him getting more than 30 yards. Uh, so I can't see Gronk having one of those top five, top seven weeks. Can he finish at the end of the tight end one? Sure. I just wouldn't feel confident knowing that I need 30 yards and a touchdown to play the guy. This is ribs with an S, by the way. Yeah. Um, Mike Isecki has been phenomenal the last like four or five weeks. I think he's had two or three weeks over 20 points. He gets a ton of targets from two. He gets like seven plus targets a game. Um, but the Bills defense is really tough. They limited Gusecki to only seven points in their first matchup. And the Bills are the the, the eighth best defense against the tight end from a fantasy perspective. So uh, I, I think you really got to kind of – um, assume the fact that Kiseki's not going to have one of these monster weeks. I think they're going to shut down Tua. I think they're going to shut down this uh, Dolphins offense, and I think it's a big win for the Bills, um, who still really own this uh, this division. So that was lock or flop. Hopefully we helped you with your um, players a little bit, and if we didn't, um, you could always ask us questions on Twitter or on the live show, and we're actually going to do a rapid-fire segment right now to give you even more um, starts and sits. We're going to do uh, two players from each game, one from each team. Starting off with the Panthers and the uh, and the Falcons, Cordell Patterson or Chubba Hubbard, which one would you rather play, Nick? I'm going to take Hubbard purely because he's on the field a lot more. Both have seen good production so far um, given their roles, but Patterson still is only seeing a 40% snap count. And even with his production, I just don't think that that's sustainable for an entire fantasy season. So give me Hubbard who's seeing over 80% of the field. Patterson's a top 10 fantasy running back on the year. He scored over 14 fantasy points, five straight weeks. The Falcons offense is starting to click and the Carolina Panthers offense is turning into a dumpster fire. Give me the team that I trust to move the ball down the field. I'm taking Patterson. Jalen Waddle or Stefan Diggs. I think that the, the only hope for the Dolphins is just repeatedly throwing the ball to Jalen Waddle. I think the hope for the Bills is, well, they can use any single one of their weapons. Uh, Waddle, I think, is the guarantee, guarantee to see the most targets in this game if it's not Jasicki. And I agree with Nick and his lock flop. I don't think Jasicki will have that big of a role in this game. Uh, so give me Waddle. 
you know, Waddle's actually the wide receiver 20 on the season and Diggs is the 24. But give me Diggs in this one. I think this Buffalo defense shuts them down a bit. Um, I think Tua's going to be rattled. I think Waddle will get his, but I think Diggs will have a, a big one. And um, I think he's going to have 20-plus fantasy points. 49ers against the Bears. Ugh, ugh, just gross all around. Um, Darno Mooney or Elijah Mitchell? Um I don't like either of them. I don't want to start Mooney. I have to start him in like two leagues, but I'm going to take Mooney because I don't trust 49ers running backs. Even though Elijah Mitchell had 100 yards and a touchdown still, I don't trust 49er running backs. I don't trust Kyle Shanahan. I'm taking Elijah Mitchell every single day. Give me the guaranteed workload. It's not guaranteed. Trey Sermon's still there. Trey Sermon is projected zero points this week because he has seen so few touches in the last couple Well, Kyle Juszczyk's going to vulture him at the goal line. (laughs) Odell Beckham Jr. or Chase Claypool? Give me Claypool. I love Claypool. I don't care about his one unproductive week before a bye. Um, I I love Claypool. With Juju not there, he's going to still see a shit ton of targets, and that's enough to give you good weeks consistently. OBJ is a fringe droppable player at this point, riding on name value alone. And this is coming from someone that still thinks talent-wise, Odell is just outside the top 10 receivers in the NFL. I'm with you. Give me Claypool. Give me the the guaranteed production. I don't know what we're getting with the Cleveland Browns, so give me Claypool. Dallas Goddard or TJ Hawkinson? You know, if you own Goddard, you got to be pissed after last week because Ertz is out and Goddard did not have a big game. But I'm still taking oh, Goddard. He had, in this. He had 12 points. He, he finished with 12, but the hope was that he would finish with, you know, 17, yeah, 18. But how much more do you want? Tight ends don't score that much, and the Eagles' offense doesn't move the ball. The saying for the past three years is Goddard is the equivalent of a Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller. No, never. Not not in my mind, he never was. Well, I don't think he's far off. I think he's in that Kyle Pitts or TJ Hawkinson range. Um, So I'm going to still go with Goddard. Hawkinson's a better tight end, but Goddard is going to put up production, and Jalen Hurts is still a young quarterback that needs to rely on the tight end. Jared Goff is throwing to every single one of those wide receivers. I'm going to go with Hawkinson because Jared Goff's going to win this football game and the Lions are going to win this football game. So I think they're, Jared Goff's going to have to throw it to somebody. Um, we saw the backup tight end for the Raiders, Foster Moreau, have like 20 fantasy points last week against the Eagles. So Hawkinson's going to have 20-plus. Michael Pittman or Julio Jones? If I told you Julio's stats and I told you Michael Pittman's stats and told you the two names, you would think Julio Jones had Pittman's numbers. Give me Pittman. Yep, I'm right with you. Spoke about him already. Corey Davis or T. Higgins? T. Higgins. Yep, right there with you. Um, he's been a little down this season. Jamar Chase is the alpha dog over there, but um, they have to, they have to keep throwing the ball, and Joe Burrow's going to throw a little bit in this one. Give me T. Higgins. Robert Woods or Brandon Cooks? I would typically go with the wide receiver on the worst team because they're playing catch-up, but Sean McVay doesn't take his foot off the gas. Give me Robert Woods. I'm with you on that. I still think they want to get Woods involved in this offense more. Cooper Cup may be the number one, but they're still trying to feed Woods targets, so give me Woods. Hunter Henry or Jared Cook? Hunter Henry. Yeah, I'm with you. He's had 10-plus fantasy points, I think, four straight weeks. He's definitely assumed the role as a tight end one in New England, and he's facing his former team. That's a revenge game. Revenge game for Hunter Henry. Uh, top five tight end numbers this week for him. Javante Williams or Antonio Gibson? This was a really good one, and I was so happy Nick asked it because, like, if I gave you the two numbers, you would think Antonio Gibson was the breakout. Javante's a backup, and he's just putting up just as much numbers as Gibson. I'm taking Javante. This is really tough because I need to know how many snaps Gibson's actually going to play. I think he went out two or three times last week, or was it the week before? 
that, yeah, last week. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know how healthy Antonio Gibson is, but Javante Williams isn't the starter, so this one's really tough. I'll go with Gibson just because I know that he's the number one, and I know he'll get goal line looks so they could get to the goal line. Um, that's why I'm taking Gibson, but both of them have their their flaws. Um, Marvin Jones or Tyler Lockett? I'm taking Marvin Jones because you know what? The Seahawks defense is terrible. The corners can't cover, and Lockett has no value with Geno Smith. If Michael Thomas is playing this week, Lockett's sitting on my bench. He has had so poor production with Geno Smith at quarterback. If Michael Thomas, oh, what do Michael Thomas? If Michael Thomas is playing, I'm in your I'm league, in your personal, like I'm actually yeah, willing to bench that. Okay, yeah. Um, Tom Brady or Jameis Winston? This game, like this segment's really tough for the Saints because we try to give you a player that's like a fringe starter, and the Saints don't have any of that. Callaway's not there. Jameis, there's nobody on the Saints, so we had to do this, but it's Tom Brady. I don't need to say much more than that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. This is a fun one. The stack of Ezekiel Elliott, Cooper, uh, Amari Cooper, and CeeDee Lamb, or the stack of Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and uh, Dalvin Cook. I think Zeke outperforms Cook. I think Cooper outperforms JJ. I think Lamb outperforms Thielen, so give me them Cowboys. Um, here's a funny one. Uh, when it comes to wide receivers, the Cowboys have given up the second most fantasy points. <laughs> the Vikings have given up the fourth most uh, fantasy points. When it goes to running backs, the Vikings have let up the fifth most fantasy points, and the Cowboys looks like the tenth most. We got an offensive showdown on Sunday night, and if it's not an offensive showdown, that's a real shame for the fantasy community. Um, give me the Vikings. The Cowboys defense is, I know Trevon Diggs is there, but the Cowboys defense is not as great as people are making it out to be. Kirk Cousins will throw a pick or two, but he's also going to have 350 plus yards. Um, I think Thielen has a touchdown. I think Jefferson has a touchdown. They both go over a hundred. Dalvin Cook's going to have a pretty good day. So give me those Vikings. Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. <sighs> and we're going to clip that one. Um, <laughs> Whoever is the Giants running back on Monday night, whether it's Devontae Booker, who had a solid week, or Saquon Barkley, or Daryl Williams. I think Daryl Williams gives you more opportunity to be at the goal line and score you the touchdown. However, I think the Giants running backs, whichever one it's going to be, is going to put up yardage, and I don't think Williams can do that. And I think, you know, I think both can find the end zone. Williams is slightly more likely. But I think Devontae Booker or Saquon will catch the ball and will run the ball a ton more than Darrell Williams will get usage. So I'm going to go with the Giants running back. Yeah, I'm going to go with Darrell Williams. I think that the Chiefs just have to show up here. I think they have an, have an offensive explosion. I think Pat Mahomes is a big day. I think Kelsey and he'll do. And I also think that Darrell Williams gets a touchdown. He has a chance to go over 100 yards. I think they have to get right. This has to be a get right game for the Chiefs, and if it is, Daryl Williams will have a, will have a big day. So, um, you know what the Chiefs? You know what the Chiefs kind of remind me of? The they remind me of the Golden State Warriors the year Kevin Durant left, where every team was like just abusing them, and that's what it feels like now. Now the Chiefs feel like a fair team in the NFL. And nope. every team is not taking their foot nope. off the gas to nope. go beat them. No, no, no. The Chiefs are going to the Chiefs are gonna be fine. The Chiefs are still going to be in the AFC Championship game. I agree, but right now every team is taking advantage, nope. and I'm still fantasy wise, I'm taking advantage care. too. I don't care. The Chiefs are going to be fine. They're going to be a fine football team. And I anybody, agree. But anybody overreacting like about the Chiefs, like they're going to be fine. They'll be fine. 
that was our show for this week. Thank you guys so much to, uh, for listening. Um, the next time you'll hear for us is going to be Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. It's Halloween, so we're going to be in costume, and we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Nick is not excited for that, but I told him he has to dress up. I will be dressing up as his favorite superhero, my man right there, my Spider-Man. Um, I'll be I'll be dressed as a good old Spider-Man. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. Sunday, like Baker Mayfield. Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern time, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. For Twitter, it's Primetime FF Pod, same as Instagram and TikTok. Uh, Facebook and YouTube is Primetime Fantasy Podcast. We want to answer all of your questions. So if you have questions, please join the live show and we'll answer them uh, as best as we can. Um, Nick, anything else you would like to say before we get out of here for week eight? Definitely hop into our live show. There's been a ton of injury news this week, a ton of people missing practice, and with us having to record on a Wednesday, you're not going to get that news till Sunday. Make sure you're there. We'll give you our takes, uh, and hopefully we can help you win this very important matchup that might decide whether you're a playoff team or a first round or not making the playoffs at all. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We'll speak to you Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Happy Halloween. Hopefully your fantasy team gives you some treats and not some tricks. Talk to you Sunday.